Good morning, little Saigon, Seattle. Good morning, Texas. Good morning, New York City and Chicago. Good morning to the people of East and West and North and South Virginia. It is March the 20th, 2020, right around 3.33 a.m. Holy fuck, does that sound Masonic. Indeed, indeed, it is March the 20th, 2020, in this plague year. And as much as I don't want to talk about the plague, I kind of have to because I went on a bit of a journey. Well, two journeys today. Good on me, right? I went on two journeys today. One was to document a little bit of truth, not necessarily the absolute truth, on 12th Avenue with a camera and I took it and I made a YouTube video. I'll, I'll try to make sure I include a link in, in this, assuming it stays in existence. Otherwise, go to my video category on my you know website, dfgtc.org. And download it yourself under vids or videos. It'll be at the top, date timestamp, you know, yesterday, March 19th. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Yeah, so I went on two journeys, but the second one was to get $15. Now, I remember when I was a kid watching this movie, Better Off Dead. Um, God, I forget the name of that actor. I'm Cusick. Yeah, Cusick. Tom, not Tom Kuzik, but anyways, Kuzik, Kuzak. Yeah, so Kuzak was in that one, Better Off Dead, and he plays a kind of, you know, anguish-ridden teenager. You know, that's a bit of a cliche, right? And Kuzak wants to kill himself, but he because he's in love with, well, he had a girlfriend who fell in love with a skier, who could do the K-19, but this French girl who's really good at fixing, you know, Camaros and Firebirds likes him. It's, it's a ridiculous story, but at one point there's a kid who needs his two bucks, you know, because he delivers newspapers. Where's my two dollars? Remember, this movie's better off dead. Hell, such an absurd movie. I highly recommend it for the plague year. Better off dead. I think it came out in 1986 or 85. Do not quote me. Do not quote me on that. Anyways, there's a kid going around. He wants his two bucks. He wants his two bucks even from Kuzak or Kuzik. And he is the guy who has to race down the mountainside and the kid's on the fucking bike chasing. I want my two dollars. Give me my two dollars. Well, a listener of mine sent me 15 bucks, you know. 
and call me horrible, but I wanted to take that $15 and turn it into a couple grams of weed and a six pack of Rainier. And you say, Dion, how can you drink beer and smoke vape, not even smoke, but vape weed with your volcano in the plague year? Well, why not, really? I don't have kids. Um, I live alone. My health is pretty good. We're going to talk about that in a second. So why not? Anywho, I actually had a hard time getting my 15 bucks. And I, and I went, you know, so I went to the, the, the credit union up on First Hill. And here's the thing. Logically, given the street theater right now, the street theater, as in the street drama, given all the street theater, I wasn't surprised that it was closed. But I called my credit union and they said, hey, there is one open in South Lake Union. Now this makes no, okay, this makes as much sense as First Hill because really, if you know the demographics of Seattle now and you know where the tech industries are, it makes zero sense that South Lake Union would be safe either. In fact, the only one that would make sense would be the credit union at Northgate. Now, only to somebody from Seattle would any of this make sense. But the point is Bellevue, Northgate, maybe. But Westlake? That makes no sense. So I basically walked about two miles to and from First Hill. I got angry, made some soup, put the soup in the fridge because I talked to the woman on the phone. And when I say woman on the phone, I'm not sure she was a woman. She could have been a cyborg from Dimension 82.6. Yeah. Anywho, I spoke to the credit union woman on the phone, and the credit union woman on the phone said, listen, buddy, there is a credit union branch open in in Westlake where, where all the tech kids work and don't wear masks mostly, and yeah, and not to mention all the eateries. Oh, and and the eating at truck, you know, the, the, the food trucks where people stand in line. And and the social distancing that I did not see. Listen, people, there's, there's, when they say social distancing, okay, I saw people trying to do that. But in reality, it doesn't work. It doesn't work because cities are not designed for social distancing. I can't believe how fucking stupid people are. City life was never designed for social distancing. You know, country life, fuck. You can live in the country and distance yourself. I would I kind of like that. But in the city? Are you fucking kidding me? And the poorer you are, the more difficult it is to do. Anyways, I went on my second journey, on my second walkabout. And I think that that second walk, okay, so I go to the credit union, and, and they're wearing masks, good on them, and I'm trying to obey their rules, good on me. And I say, can I get my 15 bucks? And, and she says, of course you can, sir. 
And then I asked, do you guys expect to be open next week? He said, I don't know, sir. That's a good answer. That's a fair answer. I don't know. These days, that's a good answer every 15 seconds. I don't know. I don't know is a good answer. So, anywho, I get my $15 and I start walking. I walk up to Denny. I walk up Denny and I almost, I almost, like, like in, um, like in, you know, Jason and the Argonauts, you know, like in that story with Jason and the Argonauts, I was almost, well, actually, no, it was, no, it was not that. It was, enough, well, it could have been both stories, but like the story of, I believe, the Odyssey, you know, with respect to the sirens, the sirens, the, and again, this is a common trope, so it's in many stories, but you know, the, the singers of songs who pull the sailors off their course towards the rocks. Interestingly enough, there was a cannabis dispensary on Denny called The Reef. It had a line outside because people are worried about the, the monkey herpes. So the reef had a line and it, and it looked like they had one worker inside. And I thought, you know, I'll stand in line for a second and then I'll evaluate my existence because I'm nearly worn out. Because guys, let me be honest, from the beginning of September until, until the last month, I wasn't really exercising other than going to the store to get beer and or, you know, getting weed. And then I was using the magical Orca card, which no longer works. So I really took the bus a lot. That's not exercise. That's just taking the fucking bus. Anywho, I have been exercising more, but this was a long walk. And the thing about Seattle, for all you folks who live in the, the flatlands, there are a lot of hills. So it's not like you walk any distance without going up and down hills. So I got some exercise today. That's good. I'm not dead yet. You see, that's a good test. However, if the virus is a thing, my pursuit of the $15 may have given me the virus again because how could I not have it now? I walked all over fucking Seattle, okay? And you know what? I wasn't wearing a mask, I didn't have gloves on. If the virus is out there, I should have it now. Hello, virus. Come and take me away, I turn 50 next week. Dear virus, I turn 50 next week. I turned 50 on the 24th of March. Take me away, virus.
Yeah, I don't know, but anywho, I stopped at the reef for a minute and I thought, you know what? It's good to get my wind back because I was going up that hill. If you've ever walked from downtown up Denny, up the Broadway, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, if you're in really good shape, it's no big deal. My my really good shape currently is pear, pear-shaped. Or as Neil deGrasse the ass Tyson would say, oblate spheroid. My shape is of the oblate spheroid. And yeah, you know, given my age and my shape and my diet, it's weird I'm not dead from the gumbus. It's just strange. Anywho, um, I, I, I bug out from the reef. And again, I got my $15 at this point. I'm on a mission. So I, I make my way up to Broadway and I go by QFC. And my brain says, Dan, in your pursuit of weed and beer on this strange journey, as fantastic as Jason and the Argonauts or the Odyssey, as fantastic as fucking any fucking Disney film about underdogs achieving great things, as amazing as this hallucinatory, quixotic fascination might be, you need to use a little common sense now, Dan. The QFC's right there, and if you don't know what a QFC is, it's like, you know, a marsh or a fucking grocery store. The QFC was right there, down, you know, basically, well, actually, no, no, technically I got on the train first. Okay, so technically, I need to back up a little. So I'm getting up to the top of Denny and Broadway, and I'm, I'm not where I need to be. I want to take the number two. I want to take the number two. I want to take the number two. The number two from Broadway up to 23rd. And that's the intersection of Union and Broadway. So anywho, I get on the streetcar near Denny and Broadway. And there's some type of fuckaroo going on. Some type of fuckaroo with the locking mechanism, so the woman has to call. And she gets her call done. It's okay. She hooks up the electricity. We, we're, we're coasting down Broadway towards, towards Pike. That's near Union. I don't know, but anyways, I take the streetcar named Desire, my desire for beer and weed, my virus of sickening greed for pleasure unknown to be known through the thing. But anywho, I'm going to sip some more coffee. Yeah. So I take the streetcar 
and I get off at Pike and I walk up and, and I'm walking towards the two, the number two, and I see a QFC and I say to myself, Dan, Dan, one of the greatest mistakes you could do on this day of getting your 15 bucks after walking six miles. Six miles in Seattle, Dan, that's a short story about pain for someone that needs to lose weight. Anywho, after my six miles of walking through Seattle, I find myself near a QFC, and the QFC obviously sells beer. It obviously sells Rainier beer. Wouldn't it be intelligent for me to, to change my model, and instead of getting beer last at the Chevron run by the people that hate me, maybe get some beer at the QFC where people maybe hate me less? I don't know. So I decided to go to the QFC. Let me tell you guys something. This grocery store was well-stocked. Lots of food, lots of bottled water, lots of fucking, lots of fucking food. It, it, if it was street theater, if it was make-believe, if it was Potemkin Village, it, it was fucking with me because the place looked well-stocked, lots of food. And the people did not look panicked. In, in fact, almost just the opposite. It's like everybody in Seattle is in on the joke, except for me. You know, it, one of the things I joked about today on Twitter, I said, I feel like everyone's watching the movie The Exorcist, and I'm watching The Sound of Music. But I live in Little Saigon, Seattle, and I'm not being racist. But yes, there are a lot of Asian immigrants here, documented and undocumented. We live in an Asia-Pacific tech hub. There are a lot of people here from China who have families there, who are making trips back and forth, business trips for Microsoft, Amazon, Google, you name it. I live in a transient building, okay? We have a shared kitchen, which as of today is shut down. But guess what? It's been open since at least the first week of November. And that's a joke. It's been open all year. And guess what? The kitchen is still technically open. I don't think that's shut down. You know what's shut down? The pans and the plates that allow people to cook food. Isn't that interesting? Well, I get that. We don't want to share plates. I get that. But think about it. Shouldn't we also shut down the kitchen? Shouldn't that also be closed off? I don't know. I don't want to be cruel. I frankly don't think there's a danger here. I'll get into that next. But if this is real, I don't have to tell you guys. Anyways, um, I was also thinking, yeah, anyway, so I'm at the QFC. Hmm. I'm at the QFC. And I see all this food. And I say to myself, fuck Dan. If there's going to be a food crisis, it's either it's either going to be selective famine, which again, famines famines throughout history have been created. You can create a famine. You know, you can create starvation. Hannibal, you may not know this, but but Hannibal's forces, the armies of Hannibal in Sicily, and I think it was it was either the Romans, no, it might have been, no, it was the Romans, I think. I think when the Romans when the Romans took Sicily, during the Second Punic War, I think it was the Romans, they poured salt all over the place. And salt can toxify the earth. I mean, salting the earth is a thing. It's very much a thing throughout the history of warfare. Um, so anyways, famines can be constructed, but I was in the QFC on my journey, and I basically saw a lot of food, and prices... I didn't check every price, but it looked it didn't look like prices had gone up that much yet. So, you know, I saw some price increases recently, but they weren't 
the big ones, the ones where you'd see with hyperinflation or something. So I go get my beer, and that's a little more expensive than getting it from the Chevron, but, you know, maybe it's better. I don't know. It's just the same Rainier beer, though. Does it fucking matter? I mean, really? So I get my Rainier, I buy it, and then I go and wait for the number two. The number two bus. And yeah, some dude had taken a shit at the bus stop in the little shack. In the shit shack. Someone had taken a shit in the shit shack. Yeah. So I'm waiting for the number two, and I'm smelling the, the large pile of poop that some dude left there, which, you know, guys... Life for homeless people is pretty fucking miserable. So we shouldn't make fun of them. But also, we need to recognize that this is reality in the city now. And if you can't laugh, you're going to cry. So I choose to laugh. Fuck you if you have to cry. It's okay to cry. I choose to laugh. So I'm waiting for the fucking bus by the shit shack. And we get on the number two. And I tell the woman, you know, in my sign language of bullshit that I have an Orca card, but it doesn't currently, you know, I can't pull it out. And she says, go ahead, because she's wearing a mask. Again, she's, if it's street theater, she's participating. And she's wearing a mask. She says, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Get in there, crazy person. Take your seat on the bus. And we go up, you know, Union, heading east on Union towards 22nd Street. That's my stop. Because that's where Uncle Ike's is. And I've got my six-pack of beer, and I have $8 in my pocket. And I convert those $8 at Uncle Ike's, where there is no line. You see, that's what I mean by that reef and that analogy to, um, to the Odyssey. You know, or rather, even Jason and the Argonauts and other stories like that, is that there was that you know, cannabis dispensary on Denny that would have been easier for me to get to, called The Reef. But I would have had to stand out in line. Whereas, by the time I got to Uncle Ike's, there was no line yet. The line was building. Think about them apples. I avoided The Reef. That's a good lesson learned, isn't it? When you're when you're looking for your 15 bucks to buy yourself a six-pack of Rainier and a little bit of weed, you need to avoid the reefs. Because that you're gonna get fucked up by the reefs. The reefs contain corals and rocks and all sorts of crap that will tear out the hull of your ship and leave you sunken and broken next to the failed dreams of the nightmare of your existence. 
Just remember that. Avoid the reef, man. Avoid the reef. <sighs> so I, I get I get to Uncle Ike's and I, I negotiate my simple deal with the, the weed ten, tendress, tender, tendress, tendril, the, the woman there who seemed not very happy that I was there, but I was happy to be getting the weed. And I got myself some Blue Dream, a gram of Blue Dream, and one of their $2 joints, which is another gram of low-grade weed. Since I'm using a Volcano, I can usually vape the low-grade stuff. And given the fact that I'm not really using much marijuana these days because I don't have any money and it's the play gear. Anywho, I got my $2 joint, my gram of Legends Blue Dream, and shout out to Legends. I don't think anybody from there would ever listen to me, but if anybody knows somebody that works at Legends, that Blue Dream is awesome. Good, good strain. Good strain, the Blue Dream. So I got my beer. I, I get onto the 48 bus to head towards Jefferson. Oh, somebody's texting me. Fuck. It's a fuckaroo. I gotta check this out real quick. Who's fucking texting me at almost 4 a.m.? Oh, yeah. It's weird. It's a fuckaroo. Anyways, I'm kidding. It's my brother. I love him. I love my brother. He's a good guy. But he's texting me. And in the middle of my testification, I'm testifying like Howard Beale. Yeah, so anywho, um... I got my weed, and I wait for the 48, and the 48 is the bus I'll take to Jefferson. Oh, excuse me. And if you think that was the COVID, no, that's just me drinking coffee, and I ate a bunch of these granola bars today. I shouldn't have, but I did. Boy, that was not right. I shouldn't have eaten all those granola bars. But anywho, you know, it was tasty, and I had the munchies, and you know what? In the plague year, if you have the munchies and granola bars are in front of you, guess what? You're going to be eating some granola, but I also walked, I think, between six and eight miles today. So I'm going to cut myself a little bit of slack. And maybe that's a bit of an exaggeration, but I also went up and down hills, and that's no exaggeration. Yeah, indeed, indeed, indeed. Indeed, fuck. So anywho... I get on the 48, I get off at Jefferson, I wait for the number three or four. The number three or four comes usually. My God, this lingo is so fucking, uh, you know, it's like, you could think there's sexual terminology involved in all this, but anyways, I take the number three highway <laughs> to 12th Avenue. Yeah, the funky place. I take the three or the four down to 12th, and then at 12th I get off, and instead of stopping at the Chevron to get my beer, 
on 12th Avenue. I don't have to because I got my beer at the QFC. I was thinking plague smart. Even though it looked like the QFC had plenty of food, and it did, and even though it looked like no one was panicking, no one was. In fact, Broadway looked like blasé as fuck. I'm going to include a link to a video if I remember, but I took a video today, like I said, and if this is a horrible, horrible pandemic, it definitely has not hit Seattle yet, and people on Broadway were just blasé mostly. Yeah, there were some people wearing masks, but... There was a lot of these fucking hipster people just walking around like there's no big deal. And guys, they could be right. Like any broken clock, you know, they could be right. At least for people in Seattle, this might not be a big deal. I don't know yet. We're going to talk about that next. But, um, yeah, I, I get the three and the four down to 12th and I walk back to my place and here I am. Spent the afternoon listening to music, drinking beer and vaping weed before Jesus Christ in heaven and all of you, if you want to accuse me of crimes, do so now. Accuse me of crimes. Accuse me of witchery. That shit's coming, people. There are going to be persecutions in the near future, assuming it isn't a certain kind of scenario. Anyways, another thought I had today. Larry Larry Silverstein, World Trade Center, I think it was World Trade Center 7. And Larry Silverstein, I believe he was the property owner for the World Trade Center buildings. And he had recently gotten them like heavily insured right before 9-11. Again, folks, I don't know the truth of any of these things for sure, but this is part of the folklore, right? Could be bullshit, could be true, could be somewhere in between. Turns out many things in this world are somewhere in between. So anywho, Larry Silverstein supposedly got a call that afternoon about World Trade Center 7, which also collapsed symmetrically on 9-11. It just happened like hours later, which was, you know, weird. And no plane crashed into it, you know, weird. And the explanation has caused a lot of architects and engineers to question the narrative because World Trade Center 7 makes no sense. You might make a really really fucked up argument about World Trade Center 1 and 2. 7 makes no sense. The story is bullshit. So that being said, um, Larry Silverstein supposedly got a call and supposedly, and this is the legend, he said, pull it, as in pull it, as in, you know, pull it is a term that people who work in demolition, you know, P-U-L space I-T. Pull it is a term in demolition and explosives for setting off an explosive. Or, or really dropping a building. You know, pull the foundation, drop the building, crash it. I think that's more or less true. So if he's saying pull it, it's like he's saying knock the building down. And supposedly that's when they triggered the building to collapse. Now, folks, I don't really know if this story is true or false, but I'm using it as a way to get into the subject because currently, as I look at this pandemic, it looks like a controlled demolition. It looks like something done on purpose. It looks like something with the intention of covering the latest, greatest bank heist in human history, the greatest thievery you can imagine of what's left of wealth to give it to people who have 50 islands, usually. This is Banker Palooza 2020. You know, I joked the other day and called it a bank holiday. Technically, in, on bank holidays, the bank is closed. Which mine was today, actually, at least one of my branches, right? But here's the thing. 
in a central bank holiday, a holiday for central banks, it doesn't work that way. The local branch will stay open. It's just that shit will change. For example, they might say, oh, you can only take out 20 bucks today. $20, but the price of uh, eggs is 50. Oh, $20. Oh, guess what? We replaced a dollar with the shit dollar, like, you know, Jim Willie says. Oh, we got the shit dollar? Yeah, the shit dollar. You know what you can buy with that? You can buy a lot of shit. Yeah, the shit shack. <laughs> yeah, folks, a central bank holiday would look like this. It would be, you know, we need to have stimulus and we need to be able to print. And here's the thing. I said some nice things, I think, about Zoltan, um, Zoltan Pozar, the, the analyst, the quant, I think, or the analyst who said several months ago that the short-term lending market was blowing up, the repo market was blowing up. And I said some nice things. But recently he said, well, now the U.S. needs to bail out everybody. And here's the deal, folks. I don't know who he is personally, but, but that is what's going on. That is what is going to happen. This is going to be a giant fucking jubilee for the richest and nastiest people that ever lived. A year ago I said this, and I stick to it. When it happens... It will be the biggest jubilee for the nastiest people that ever lived. I called it the screwbilee, and I stick to that. This is the screwbilee, in my opinion. And yes, guess what? The rich people do punk videos punking you. Oh, I'm so sick with, you know, I'm hanging out with people who are actors who are sick. Maybe they are sick. I don't actually believe it yet. And when this is done, if we do keep track of the dead we will find out how many actors are dead because actors have huge egos, people. I mean, is there a chance the actors will choose to live instead of act again? Maybe, but yeah, I think a lot of them are gonna choose to wanna live. So I think we're gonna find out some interesting things about the distribution of deaths with actors. But that being said, um, it looks like bullshit to me mostly. Do I think people are dying? Yes, just like people died on 9-11. Okay, people did die. These are snuff flicks. These aren't normal movies. A snuff flick is a film of someone being killed, which technically is supposed to be like urban legend. But people who study this know that snuff flicks exist. Well, guess what? 9-11 was the biggest production movie, snuff flick, up to that point in human history, in my opinion. Like of all the snuff flicks done before it, of all the false flag snuff flicks, 9-11 was big. I think this is bigger. This is the biggest snuff flick in human history. And yeah, people die. And it could be a bioweapon, but it's a very targeted one so far because Lombardy, Italy is in a fucking viral zombie apocalypse, but little Saigon, Seattle looks a little, just a little annoyed. I mean, I talked to people today, people today mostly thought it was bullshit and were mostly not worried. And here's the other thing too. If a construction worker says, well, Dan, I'm social distancing at work, okay. But I watch you guys at lunch, you're not. And some of you look like you're sharing food. And I'll even say this too, from having observed all of you today, whatever you're doing at work, when you get into your private life, you're breaking those rules. Folks, the social distancing in a city, as stated, does not work. Social distancing is designed for communities that have space. You don't have a lot of space in the city. My, okay, let me give you an example. We do not have an elevator. We have a stairwell, and it's not a big one. I live on the fifth floor, okay? When I am going up the stairs and someone's coming down, 
either the person going up has to wait or you pass each other. And believe me, you pass each other at close range, like inches, not feet. So, and then there's the fact that because it's only stairs, people are sometimes sweating. They're breathing hard. Why? Because there's not an elevator. How the fuck do you enforce social distancing there? How the fuck do you enforce social distancing in any apartment with an elevator? In fact, maybe elevators are worse because of the buttons, because of the fact that people are stuck in that confined space. How the fuck do you make social distancing work in the city? It's almost impossible without just killing a lot of people. Yeah, you, you stay in your room, you don't eat, you don't drink, you, you basically just wait to die. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a very good plan, people. Sounds like a really shitty plan. So I don't know, I was thinking about that Silverstein thing, like pull it, like maybe that's what they did. A few months ago they figured the gig is up. We've stolen all the. We, we take. We've taken everything we can without it becoming too obvious. We need to set fire to the restaurant, like in the Goodfellas. We need to do it. Pull it. Pull it, Larry. Pull it, and the building crashes. Another deep state mindfuckery issue here I want to talk about is the whole wall issue. You know, a lot of liberals. Um, a lot of liberals would say for months and months and months. Walls don't work. Walls don't work. You can't keep people out with walls. In the last few weeks, everybody, conservative and liberal, in, in power positions have been saying things like, walls work. Use walls. Put up walls. And it's like I'm thinking to myself, okay, so suddenly something magical happened that allows a wall to work. Well, no, nothing changed. In fact, it's just the opposite. People have every freaking reason to escape a plague zone. If you're in China right now, and, and any of the news we're getting is real, which I don't know what's real coming out of China right now. Could be all bullshit. I don't know. But if you're in China, don't you have an incentive to get the fuck out like yesterday? And, and again, if, you, if you're in one of these assholes who spent the last decade explaining to me how China's going to rule the world because of how many smart people are there then doesn't it make sense that these smart people have figured out ways to escape? I mean, please use a little fucking logic when you're thinking about the world. Don't tell me on the one hand, these are the super brilliant people of the future, and on the other hand, they don't know how to fuck to get out of China. Believe me. I, I, I've been to the food bank in Little Saigon. The people of China are just as good as the people of Mexico, probably better at escaping China. They can get out. They do get out. So that, that's not even a reasonable position, really. So why do these walls suddenly work? This is interesting. I told people, you know, back in 2016, the wall is not designed to keep people out. Like the wall in East and West Germany, between East and West Germany, really between East and West Berlin during the Cold War, like the Berlin Wall, it wasn't designed to keep people out. Nobody from the West wanted to escape to the Soviet Union unless they were mentally ill. Nobody did. You had to be fucking crazy. As bad as being in the West might be, being in there being there was worse, okay? I'm not saying that the West was perfect. No, no, no. I'm just saying it was worse there. So the wall was never to keep people out of, of East Germany, of East Berlin. The wall was to keep people in. Same thing here, folks. The, the, the inability to travel to Canada, that's to keep you in. 
Same thing with the, you know, the other stuff, though. But you don't want to believe it because it makes you feel better to believe the nonsense. I know this. A lot of you, it makes you feel better to believe the nonsense. So here's where I'm at on the virus. I think there's a 1 in 10 chance. 1 in 10 chance this is an out-of-control bioweapon. That's still 1 in 10. That's 10%. So I think there's a 10% chance this is a bioweapon and it's out of control. If that's true, then things here should start getting really bad soon. Otherwise, it's a strangely random and not very predictable crazy wildcard virus. Because again, I don't see how Lombardy, Italy ranks higher than Seattle or Little Saigon on the likelihood of hot zone. It makes no fucking sense. Oh, and that retirement home, guess what? That's not Seattle. That's the other side of Lake Washington. Believe me, if you understand the geography around here, that's not Seattle. But even that retirement home thing seems too perfect in terms of having a little bit of blood. So anywho, so I, there's a one in 10 chance this is an out of control bioweapon. It's, I think there's a 1 in 10 chance this is a global culling by the elite, which means taking out people who are going to retire soon and others, um, but, but not kill everybody. But it's also basically cover for a banking reset, you know, what I call Banker Palooza 2020, you know, the, the great bank heist. I, I think this is the great bank heist, really. This is the greatest one so far, or, you know, Snufflick 2020, whatever you want to call it. I think that this could be a culling. And really, the 80% chance that's left over is that it's, it is a mindfuck. It's mostly PSYOP with some killing. Like, people are dying. But I think this, but I'm 8 out of 10 sure that, that yes, there are people dying. That is true. There has to be. Because otherwise, it's such a deep mindfuck. I don't even want to conceive it. But people are dying. People are being killed. And I think it's being used as a way to kill, you know, people who have certain opinions. I, I do think that's true. This is a great way to take out political dissidents, both in China and in the United States and other places. This is why this works for the people that run the world. This works for them. It doesn't work for anyone else. But for the bankers, this is fucking perfect. A lot of people disappear in the plague. And we'll find out that it'll be very specific. It's certain kinds of people. It's kind of like the story of Duncan Lemp. It's a sad story, but I wonder if they had been more patient and simply let the poisoners come by because they could have killed Duncan Lemp and then they, oh, it was, it was the plague, it was the virus, and too bad, if you hadn't been so into guns, we might have been able to help him. But no, that's not how it happened. He got lead poisoning. I would say that the deep state would have been smarter just to do to them what I think they're doing now, and that is poison him. I think they're poisoning people. I think there's an 80% chance that a lot of people are being killed with either a targeted bioweapon or a chemical weapon, and the rest of this is PSYOP. The rest of this is a mindfuck. This is mind control. Technically, trauma-based mind control. Um, and yeah, you know what? If you're going to reset every major currency on planet Earth, if you're going to cover the biggest bank heist in human history, telling people to stay home and not to go anywhere is pretty fucking smart. Okay, that's the thing. I, I thought they were going to do something different. This is this is actually fairly elegant when you, you know when you think about it. It you use people's own issues against them. People are just hypersensitive to health issues. All of the hypochondriacs, all the people who are you know susceptible to sympathetic illness, they all get sick. Then they're not even sick and they'll get sick. Plus, you've got people who are already in a dodgy state, and that too will kill and make people sick. And then you just target some chemical weapons or maybe 
target some viral weapons that are controllable. But in either case, you get the deaths, you get the people and families dying and whatnot. As of right now, I think there's an 80% chance this is a giant snuff flick. Yes, people are dying. Guess what? That's what a snuff flick is. People die in snuff flicks. There are people dying in this movie that's being put on, but it's a movie. It's not a random pandemic. I am nearly certain this is not random. This is not nature. This is not some dude at some research facility accidentally taking a bioweapon out of a lab and going to have bat soup. It's not random. This is purposeful, and it's more purposeful than people want to admit. So I got a mild cold a couple weeks ago. I called a mild cold because in retrospect, I don't think I had the, the COVID, the gumbus, the monkey herpes. I don't think I had it. Here's what I think I had a couple weeks ago. I think I had a mild cold, and I think I allowed myself to get mind fucked. Because here's the thing about mind control. Everybody can say, oh, I'm so good. I'm so smart. Nobody can mind fuck me. Uh-huh. Do you have a girlfriend? Do you have a boyfriend? Do you have a wife? Do you have a husband? Uh, do you have kids? I'm going to tell you something. Humans mind fuck each other all the time. Humans con each other all the time. Humans are nasty ass grifters more often than they care to admit. Oh, I'm so nice. I'm so perfect. Yeah, until you grift me, until you end up trying to do your bullshit on me. So the idea that this couldn't happen is ridiculous. I, I think that this is a big mind fuck. This is a big psyop. This is mind control, mostly. Plus, there are a lot of staged events. And, and you know what? You need to do that. You need to have real bodies because somebody will ask questions. And it's possible that they're using a virus. I think viruses are dangerous. Chemical weapons are easier because at least with a chemical weapon, you don't have geometric spread. But still, viruses these days, with the kind of technology they have, they might have a way of creating a virus that has a built-in clock where after so many days, it simply stops working. And, and in that sense, after so many days, it becomes inert, which means people become well. They're no longer sick. This could be a binary weapon, which means the virus plus a vaccine is what kills you. I have no fucking clue, folks. I'm just fairly certain at this point this is not random. This is not natural. This was not some accident. This isn't a black swan. Black swans are supposed to be random shit. This was planned. Okay, unless this virus has a time machine and can go back to September 2019 when the short-term lending market started imploding, unless this virus is a time traveler, there is no way the timeline makes sense. The markets for short-term debt and, and, and also other markets related, like junk bond markets, these things started going south way before the virus hit, about a couple months before, actually. And, and they really got bad a few weeks before. And then suddenly, in the first week of November, we supposedly have the first case of the magical, funny, funky virus that seems to love to kill Italians, but doesn't care to kill anybody here in Little Saigon. Or maybe people are dying here, but I honestly don't know. I haven't seen a corpse. And you say, well, Dan, that's a ghoulish thing. Really? It is ghoulish. But did you see the fucking videos coming out of Wuhan, China a month ago? It looked like people were just dropping dead in the streets. So by this point in the story, given it's almost April, it seems like 
you should be seeing that type of stuff where I live. But I'm not seeing that. Am I seeing indications that people are scared? Yeah. Am I seeing indications that everybody's scared? No. Are there a lot of people doing construction? Yeah, today, I everywhere I walked, I saw construction. That's just something to point out. Anyways, a few weeks ago, I think I had a mild cold. And I think, ultimately, um, the mild cold plus mind-fucking, plus the fucking, you know, the mind-fucking, ultimately the fucking psyop, the grift. The mild cold plus the fucking grift, I think, yeah. I think that turned a mild cold into the fear that I had the gumbus. But I don't think I had anything other than a mild cold. And the other thing is this. There could be more than one version of the virus, such that some of the viruses might be designed to be just mild cold, so people get sick, they think they had it, that way in their brain, holy shit, this is a real thing. I have no idea, folks. I'm a goldfish in the goldfish bowl, just like you, surrounded by TV sets, just like you. The reality that we're given is a kind of make-believe bullshit reality, just like you, so I don't know. I don't know. But I did learn some things so far. So I'd like to talk about the things I learned about the virus because I think it's important. Um, I think it's important to remember, ultimately, that if you get if you want to avoid the virus, there are probably some some things you can do. So I made a list of things you can do to avoid the virus um, to end up surviving. Number one, social distancing. It's true. I mean, it's impossible in the city, really, but it's true. You should have a farm in the country. Cities have always been death zones. Okay, so number one, to avoid the virus, virus is social distancing and quarantines, right? And let's include walls. You need walls too, right? Walls. Number two, elderberry. A good, a good friend, listener, a good guy sent me some elderberry. Thank you again. Elderberry, elderberry of the ancient fruits. Take some elderberry, a, a pinch between the cheek and gum. The elderberry helped. So that was number two. Number three, apparently living in Little Saigon, Seattle also helps. I don't know why yet. I think a study will have to be performed. But living where I live in Little Saigon, Seattle, because I live in a transient building, so the, the logic of, of somehow I would not be infected by a neighbor is pretty much fucking zero. There's just no way a neighbor wouldn't infect everyone. So yeah, um, almost April. I'm thinking Little Saigon, Seattle boosts your immune system. Maybe living near to me boosts your immune system. If you're a sexy 32-year-old, busty and sexy, but not too heavy. Although I do like a big ass. If you're a sexy 32-year-old, remember, I've got the immune system. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. Anyways, yeah, so number two is elderberry. Number three is living in Little Saigon, Seattle. That'll help you avoid the virus. Being a construction worker in Seattle. 
It turns out, I think being a construction worker in Seattle will help you stay safe from the virus. And I would add, if you're one of those crane operators, because that's probably not an easy to learn skill. If you're one of those crane operators at a big construction site, big overhead crane, you're probably not gonna get sick, I'm thinking, in Seattle. Construction worker, Seattle. Crane operator, overhead crane, Seattle. You have a good immune system. I think living near Jesuits helps. I I live only about a third of a mile from Seattle University. That's a Catholic university. That's Jesu Jesuits. I think living near Jesuits, and this is number five. Okay, keep in mind, number one, social distancing. Number two, elderberry. Number three, living in Little Saigon, Seattle. Number four, being a construction worker or crane operator, especially in Seattle. And number five, living near Jesuits. I think if you live near Jesuits, I think living near Jesuits helps avoid the virus. And that's, that's good. You want to avoid it. You want to avoid the gumptus. That's right. Living, in, living near Jesuits. Number six, living in Bill Gates' home state. I think living... Okay, and what about the retirement? Listen, that retirement home thing probably happened. There were people killed, and I think it was a targeted event. Probably designed to be the only bloodletting for Washington State. I am not sure. We'll get to that last. But um, yeah, that's not Seattle, though. And it's not all of Washington State. And it's funny. It happened in the retirement home. It didn't happen, you know, where the, the friends of Bill Gates live. Oh, but they live in big homes with property. <laughs> yeah, you need to meditate on all the contradictory thoughts you got to keep in your head all day. They're not your friends, people. They live on big pieces of property for a reason. They're not your friends. They do not want you to visit. But the point is this. These people, they go to restaurants, they go to bars, they hang out in clubs. If you think they're all just sequestering themselves in bunkers, they're probably not on Mercer Island. So, yeah. Yeah, they got hookers. Um, living in the home state of Bill Gates might actually help you. It's fucked up because I do think he's a crooked, crooked person. Not a good person. Okay, I don't think he's a friend of people. I, I think the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is, is pretty skeezy. Not as bad as the Clinton Global Initiative. That's worse. But you know what? I've never done the research. I wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't some cross-fertilization uh, cross, cross between those two special groups. Throw in the Tides Foundation. Needless to say, um, living in Washington State, I think, boosts your immune system. That's good news. And I think number seven would be living in any globalist commie shithole. Now, I'm not saying people in San Francisco aren't going to get sick. They are, they're going to get sick. Portland, too. Probably other globalist commie shitholes will get sick. But I think it'll be very targeted and mild compared to other places. I've got friends in other places right now. I don't want to say where they were at. And yeah, I have friends. Ha ha ha. And they're telling me stories of their reality it it seems like they're watching the movie exorcist like i said and i'm watching the sound of music it makes no sense they don't live where i live according to logic i think where i live should be a hell zone and it's not 
It's weird. So I think living in a globalist commie shithole like Seattle, and if you live in a special globalist commie shithole neighborhood or elitist deep state neighborhood, or probably the donut around Washington, D.C., some of those neighborhoods, my point is I think there are certain neighborhoods that are probably going to be safe from the virus. And yeah, that's because they're sequestered. You know, it's funny. That's another thing that this whole stay-at-home thing does. It allows certain people to die and other people do not die, and there's a plausible explanation. Well, rich people live in nice places with big walls. Isn't it funny that the same rich people who live behind big walls often speak the loudest about how walls don't work? Isn't that funny? one, number eight, to help fight the virus, to protect yourself from the virus, is live in an Asia-Pacific tech hub. Singapore seems to do, be doing pretty well. South Korea seems to be doing pretty well. China, maybe not so much, but eh, China has its own reasons for using chemical weapons on its own people. So if you ask me, I think China could be in on this and still a lot of Chinese die. I mean, if you have political dissidents and people you want to take, you know, take care of, and you just can't sell organs from Falun Gong fast enough, then maybe using chemical weapons attacks um, and covering it, oh, it's the virus, that makes a lot of sense. You know, actually, it's like that fucking Empire Strikes Back video of all the Chinese marching down the street with those sprayers. <laughs> you, think about, you think about the cover for nasty shit. You can arrest people. You can seal buildings. They'll, they'll get away with anything they do to every dissident. Any dissident in China right now is dead. You need to fucking think about that. If you're a dissident in China, the likely, I think it's at least 75% chance that if you're a dissident and you're on a list and somebody sees you, a police officer, army, whatever, you're going to get arrested and you're dead. There's not going to be a trial. You won't go to jail. You won't have a chance to update your Instagram page. It'll be like, you know, Lubyanka prison in Moscow in 1938. You'll go downstairs. You'll, you'll, you'll kneel in the shower and they'll put a bullet to the back of your head. So yeah, right now, China is a dangerous place for dissidents. If you want my opinion, given what I believe about this virus, it, yeah, the virus, it, I don't know what the virus is, but I'm pretty certain the Chinese government is killing a lot of people. By the time this is over, I think the number could be quite high. And I think a lot of political dissidents will just randomly spike out the numbers. Oh, shit, randomly. A lot of fucking, you know, Uyghur Muslims and a lot of, you know, pro-democracy people and a lot of free speech just randomly cease to exist because of the virus. You know, this virus is a pretty devious fucking virus. So number eight, live in an Asia-Pacific tech hub. Live someplace like Seattle because, yeah, we might have targeted chemical weapons attacks. That'll be the last thing we talk about today. But it's not going to be like China. Right now, what they're doing there is a culling. Right now, what they're doing there is a very ancient practice in, in, the, in the history of Chinese empires. If you don't think this has happened in China, Chinese history before, or even just communist history, you don't understand history. 
Okay, there have been these periods just in communist Chinese history, the Cultural Revolution, for example. Don't get me started, Tiananmen Square, definitely bad stuff happened at Tiananmen Square. We'll never probably know the truth about that. That was 1989. Cultural Revolution, 66 through 76. Okay, uh, the Great Leap Forward killed 60 million people. These were all under Chinese communist rule, and we're not even getting into the age of empires. So please, folks, if you don't think this can happen, God, I just don't want to tell you. You know, read a fucking book. I'm sorry for getting angry, but people want to pretend. They want to go to pretend land. Yeah, tell me a pretend story. Well, guess what? You're living in a snuff flick. There's your pretend story. The end. You're living in a snuff flick. And, and for people in China right now, if you're a political dissident, I think it's a horror flick. It's a snuff flick. There's torture. There's murder. There's things happening in China tonight, this morning, really, whatever. There's stuff happening there that is monstrous. If you've ever seen the movie Hostel, imagine that, but almost literally a billion times worse. That's what's probably going on in China right now. And that doesn't mean I think our government is good. No, no, no. I think that our government, the Chinese government, I think basically the bankers of the world planned this out. And the only question is how many people are they going to kill? It's kind of like some dude at a meeting saying, well, listen, Vera, if it's 35% culling but 65% mind control, we get a near 50% upside on our swaps with Goldman. And that derivatives contract with J.P. Morgan, it fulfills a $10 billion on deposit. So I say we stick with 35% culling, 65% mind control. Yeah. Trauma-based mind control. Cults use the cult, you know, cults like Jim Jones, the cult you know, and I would add Scientology. But cults love to use trauma-based mind control. You know, being, a, being in the military, going through training, that is also trauma-based mind control, going to basic training. They gotta break you down to build you up again. Well, that's what they're doing right now, too. But definitely, if they tell you to stay home, you're not protesting. Definitely, if they tell you to stay home, you're not going to the bank to get cash out in any great amounts. So you're just gonna go to the cash machine, and guess what? those probably will stop working at some point too. Or they're just going to give you money that's almost worthless and you won't be able to get enough out. Yeah. So those are the eight things. I'll, 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 that'll be in the description of this um, podcast, all eight. Those are the eight things you can do to improve your odds of surviving the virus. Number one, social distancing and quarantines and walls and neutron bomb mines. Number two, elderberry syrup. I do think it helps at least make me feel better. Number three, living in Little Saigon, Seattle. Of course, that's going to help. Number four, being a construction worker or crane operator in Seattle. That helps fight the virus. Number five, living anywhere near Jesuits. Number six, living in Bill Gates' home state. Number seven, living in probably most globalist commie shitholes you know, you probably, yeah, will help just because you got to protect friends. And number eight, living, living in an Asia-Pacific tech hub because we got to be making money while, while with pandemics. Remember, 
don't use logic, folks. And don't be racist. Don't be racist. I, you know, folks, I'm not racist. I'm just using logic. If this thing is what they say it is, my God, why am I still alive, really? It makes no fucking sense. Anyways, last but not least. I think that this might be, um, like I said, I think I, I'm almost near certain that this is bullshit. That, that I'm not saying people aren't dying. This is a snuff lick. People are being killed. People are being poisoned. People are dying. I'm convinced of that. But I also think it's also a movie. And the thing, though, even with the retirement home, it's not enough. You need more. In order for Seattle to, to lead the way to the future that you know Tom Hanks will talk about in July when Tom Hanks does his PSC for the back PSA, his PSA for the vaccine. Yeah, in July or August when he starts production on the Tom Hanks movie where Sully Sullenberger plays him. Yeah, anywho, um, Yeah, I think people are dying. And I think some actors might either A, die, or B, go into retirement, quote-unquote. So I think there will be deaths among celebrities, too. Probably, maybe. The ones that, <laughs> the ones that you know, <laughs> didn't pay their satanic dues, I guess. They're not going to, they're not going to make it. Um, probably some Christian actors might die. I wouldn't be surprised if, if this is what this is. Gotta kill Christians. What's wrong with that? That's a good Roman satanic thing to do. Um, but it, I think it's a movie and it's a snuff flick. And so, but for it to work, I think Seattle has to suffer. Because keep in mind, the retirement community isn't in Seattle. So I think sometime in the next week or so, there is going to be a bioweapon or chemical weapon attack on Seattle. I think the deep state, the bankers are going to target a neighborhood. They might try to pay people too. Keep in mind, not everybody that's sick, I'm not convinced every sick person is necessarily sick. I think that there's a lot of acting going on. So they're probably going to they're probably going to pick a neighborhood that's poor enough where if you handed out enough money, you could really put on a show. Like those Judge Harvey movies from the 30s with Mickey Rooney. It's like, "Hey guys, let's put on a show." You know, I got money, let's put on a show. We're going to call it the virus show. Hey, would you like to walk down the street and just fall over? Oh yeah, how much you paying? I'll pay you $2,000. Folks, I guarantee you there are neighborhoods in Seattle where you could put on the virus show. And yeah, you'd poison people. There are activists in Se I'm not special, so I don't think I'm going to get poisoned. Actually... I think I think that this is a good news story for me. I'll, I'll finish with that. But um, there are people in Seattle who are like Duncan Lemp, who probably may not have a public profile, but amongst people in the world of liberty, they're known. And those people, I think, starting next week could be in trouble. I think they need to be careful. Seattle is a globalist fucking deep state shithole. If you're not in on the globalist bullshit here, and, I, and if, if I'm right, then in a week or so, things are going to start getting dangerous for anybody that speaks out or has an opinion that doesn't fit the narrative. If the narrative is this is a random bat flu or bat virus or a random COVID, whatever we're calling it, the, the de-gentrified, de-gentrified social justice warrior snowflake virus, I don't know what we call it. It didn't come from China, but it did come from China. 
It kills people, but it doesn't kill people. It's as bad as the flu, but it's not as bad. If you guys look at the way the story shifted in just the last month, tell me that this isn't mind control. Tell me that this isn't fucking with people to the point where they forget what they even know. Where, where they get so confused, they have no understanding of reality. It happened to me today. Today, I wanted to say Lombardy, Italy. And in a video, I said Lombardy, Spain. And I said it twice. And it occurred to me, you know what? I'm not special. I can be fucked with just like everybody else. This crap that they're doing, it may seem random in a way, but it's really not. It is deliberate. They want you confused. They want you to not know if it's good or bad, difficult or not. Because guess what? When they use the chemical weapon, they don't want you to be ready for it in any way. When they use the bioweapon, they don't want you to be ready for it in any way. So when it hits, the narrative, you know, solidifies. Oh, the COVID came to Seattle again. You know, maybe it'll be April Fool's Day. Man, I don't want to give them any ideas, but that would be hilariously, monstrously absurd. April Fool's Day is when the virus hits Seattle again. And that's the other thing too. So yeah, I live near Jesuits, so maybe I'm safe. I think I'm safe because I live near Seattle University. But there are neighborhoods like mine in Seattle where people would. They would end and there are people that they would simply kill. And I'm sorry, but we live in a monstrous world. Listen, the CIA sold cocaine and crack cocaine in Los Angeles in the 1980s. Do your own research. They did that. The CIA did that, but people had to be on the other side of the trade. There were drug dealers who took the deal, okay? There were drug dealers who took the money. So it's not as simple as the CIA sold drugs. It's not like some CIA asshole would ever want to, like, dirty themselves to go to Compton and sell crack. That's not what happened back in the 80s. They paid drug dealers to sell crack. So do I believe that they could be doing things like that right now. Absolutely, absolutely. They could be paying people to pretend all sorts of crazy things. And, and do I think that part of it could end up being a bioweapon? Sure. And do I think people, even in the same neighborhood, would keep their mouth shut? Yeah, for the same reason they sold each other crack. Because their lives have been dehumanized. And they dehumanize each other. That's what happens with dehumanization. People dehumanize each other. It becomes monstrous. So that our neighbors are no longer neighbors. They're just some potential mark. Someone to take advantage of. So I fear in about a week we're going to have a neighborhood hit. I don't think it'll be my neighborhood. And, and I also think I'm a fool. They, they, I, I must be a fool. And I'm more or less shadow banned on most um, platforms. So I don't think I'm in trouble. I think the Erasmus rule applies. If people don't understand your criticism, you're probably safe. You know, in The Prince of Folly, Erasmus directly attacked the papacy, but he didn't end up being burned, I don't think. Well, the key is, if you're going to make fun of somebody, make it so that they can't, unless they're smarter than they actually are, understand. That way the joke is an internal joke in your own head, and maybe for a few other people with IQs above 120. But for the rest, it's like, what the fuck is that? I don't understand it. Yeah, I'm glad you don't, copper. Because if you did understand, you would probably kill me. And since you don't understand, you won't.
But yeah, I live near Jesuits, so I think I'm safe. I don't know. My guess is it's going to be one of these more conservative working class neighborhoods, places like you know Kent or Federal Way or Burien. Um, and I know people around these areas. I, I, I pray for them, but yeah, I think next week they'll use the bioweapon in Seattle to get a number of people sick, to overload the hospital, to create the street theater, because this is the, if I'm right, and I'm not, this isn't special to me, a lot of us suspect this. If I'm right, this is the biggest bank heist in human history. Trillions of dollars are being stolen every day right now. Stolen, ripped off from ordinary people. And, and why? Because we convinced ourselves a solution. Well, we haven't. We've been told by, like, President Mnuchin. I know, oh, it's President Trump. No, for me right now, it's President Mnuchin. We've been told by President Mnuchin we need massive stimulus so people can get back to work. So they're going to give you, you're going to give you a couple grand. I mean, I don't know. There's going to be so much fraud in that bullshit. But on top of it, not everyone's going to get that money. In fact, I would guess <laughs> probably more illegal aliens will get that money than actual Americans. Sorry. Sorry for not being politically correct on that one. So I, I'm afraid. I'm afraid Seattle gets hit probably in a week or two. And and why? Because the snuff flick demands it. You need believability. The retirement home's not enough. If they just do the retirement home, people will ask questions like logical fucking questions. You know, Asia Pacific Tech Hub. Where are the hospitals? Where are the poor people who don't have space? Cities don't have space. The retirement home didn't have space, but guess what? Probably it had space around it compared to Little Saigon. And these are dirty places I'm talking about where I live. So it's like, what the fuck? So so we'll have to slime somebody. And I'm, I'm thinking maybe they'll look at who voted for who. Like, you know, maybe they'll check out, oh, yeah, this district kind of went for that Republican. Maybe the Republicans deserve to get slimed. Maybe the Democrats. I got to say, it could hit anybody anywhere. Maybe the Libertarians. But if this starts happening, it's going to start to be a very dangerous place for anybody who wants to tell the truth. And you can say, well, Dan, what's the truth? Well, here's what I think is true. The financial markets were having a coronary at least 60 days before this happened. And, and a very specific spike of one. So unless this virus is a time traveler, none of the story makes sense. None of it. None of it. It doesn't. It makes no sense. That's how I'll leave it. If you want to make sense of the stupid story, go ahead. Also, Lombardy, Italy does not make sense over Little Saigon, Seattle. I'm sorry. You can give me all the twisted, but there were plane flights. Listen, there were plane flights everywhere. This is an Asia-Pacific tech hub. Little Saigon has a huge Asian community, a lot of illegal aliens, not a lot of money, a lot of crowded apartments. Which, and I have a shared kitchen, people. Come on. This is so fucking ridiculous, it's not even worth recounting. From every perspective of likelihood, given my location, all the major hospitals half a mile away. It's almost April. This place should be a hell zone, but it's not. Yes, people are more nervous. Yes, people are wearing masks, but have I heard screams in the building yet? I should have heard them by now. The only screams in the building probably thus far are mine. 
like the other day when I screamed so loud, but it's weird. And no, I'm not a ghoul. I don't want people harmed, but I also don't like being punked. And because I don't want people harmed, I think we need to stand up against snuff flicks. And this is a snuff flick. It's a big one. It's a big production, bigger than Apocalypse Now. But it's a snuff flick. You guys have a great morning.